The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It's Monday. 3.30. Oh, you know what that must mean. It's uh, time for another edition of The, the Hoot. Hoot. There you go. That was pretty good, I guess. We haven't really worked together. Hey, Rob Roach. Hi, Jalen. How's Have you recovered from Stampede? Well, mostly, yeah. Yeah, it always takes, you know, a couple days for a, uh, a Stampede veteran like myself to recover. Sounds like you picked up a bit of an accent there. That was weird. That sounded very maritime-ish. Well, yeah. Well, you never know what happens. You pick up a lot of things. Uh, oh, yeah, that's there you right. go. I'll just stop there. Okay. Yeah, not sure where um, that was going. All right. Rob Roach, uh, ATB's Director of Insight Economics and Research, joining us this afternoon. And you wanted to talk about uh, a new study, and I'm going to let you describe it, but a new study kind of comparing the way things used to be in the workplace to the way things are now. Yeah, well, a couple of uh, people down in Chicago, one at the University of Chicago and another at the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago, they were wondering, you know, about the nature of work. And we often uh, look at this issue in terms of do you make more money uh, at jobs today than we did in the past? Um, but what they said was, well, what about, you know, are we actually happier? Are the jobs better? You know, do they, you know, what are they like today compared to where they were in the past? And what they did was they looked at um, answers to survey questions today. Do you feel tired after a day of work? Does, do you find meaning in your work? Does it make you happy? Those kinds of things. And they looked, uh, extrapolated that backwards and, and looked at what the answers would have been like for the, the proportion of people who worked in different jobs going back 10, 20, 30, 40, uh, 50 years. And the results are pretty interesting. Well, here's, uh, I don't mean to put a fly in the ointment right off the top, but um, you know how I like to do that anyways, Rob. You bet. So you could be looking at how jobs have changed, or you could also be looking at how people have changed. Well, that's an important point, Andrew. You know, I'm glad you actually brought that up because um, it really is a question of, of, you know, we're doing different, more, more people are doing different jobs today than they did in the past. Um, so there's still people who were doing jobs that were around 50, 60 years ago. Um, but there's a lot of new jobs. And you're right. It's also, are we different as people? And we can't quite untangle all of that. <laughs> but I think this gives us a good sort of rough sense, um, you know, just in terms of the, the overall kind of broad nature of the work that we do today compared to what it was like, you know, in the 1950s. So it is a, it's a starting place. So give us the good news first. Yeah. Well, the good news is, um, you know, again, this doesn't apply to everybody because some people still work at very dangerous jobs. Um, but proportionately, most uh, workers today uh, work at jobs that are relatively safe. Um, now, working at a desk has its downsides for your health and so forth, but you're unlikely to get your arm ripped off by a piece of machinery or something like mm-hmm. that. So that's, that's a good thing, and, and running alongside that is jobs today, you're more likely not to uh, report that you're experiencing pain as a result of your job <laughs> or that you're coming home really, really tired. So that sort of shows that fewer workers today are, are kind of doing that bone back-breaking uh, kind of work that left you tired, uh, in pain at the end of the day, and you're at risk of getting hurt. So that's probably, I think, a good trend. Are we happy at it, though? Well, this is the other side of, of, of the coin. Um, interestingly, feelings of happiness at work, as well as um, a sense of meaning from your job, um, both kind of went down right after 1950. Things got a little bit worse. 
and they've come back to where they were. So we're not a lot happier at work than we used to be, um, but it's better than it was in the 60s and 70s. Mm, that's interesting, too. I'm thinking about uh, automation and about the kind of jobs that people just found mundane and routine, mm-hmm. and automation in many cases has replaced that. I, I would imagine that would help that feeling of fulfillment as well, not having to do something repetitive and boring. Yeah, and I think you're right. There is, um, and again, it's, it's, it's percentages. So there's more people who have jobs today that are probably a little bit more interesting than you know just working on an assembly line. Even if you work in a factory, you're probably now doing more um, high-tech work and those kinds of kinds of jobs. So that does help explain why that sense of, of meaningfulness and purpose um, has improved. But it gets a bit tricky when we break it out by men and women. Oh, how so? Well, it's a, it's a much better story for, for women. Um, and a lot of women, of course, a lot more women entered the workforce um, after World War II, and they report um, the jobs they're doing, often in in areas like education, health, social services, um, they report much that their happiness has gone up, their uh, level of meaning they find at work has gone up, they're less sad, um, whereas men, it hasn't improved in, in the same way, and in fact, it's gone down a little bit for some of those categories. Hmm. So as women have entered the workforce, they've lifted up um, the overall averages in terms of of happiness and meaning, whereas men have kind of either plateaued or stayed stagnant, stagnant as a group. What about the stress levels? Well, this is the one that's really um, pretty alarming. Is So, you know, we're not reporting as much pain from work, as, as much uh, uh, danger and being tired, um, but stress, right up. Uh, women are more stressed than men, um, and the stress levels have not gone down at all for women, and they've gone up a little bit for men. So. You know, that desk job or whatever it is you're doing, you know, it might be not taking a physical toll on you, but it still has that mental um, stressful element. And again, it will vary from worker to worker, but that's an overall trend that's pretty concerning. And one that's not new, but one that's worth, uh, I think, uh, we need to do more uh, about. You know, as you said, it's hard to untangle some of this because there's a lot of factors at play here, but it's interesting that... Um, with an aging population, so the new workforce are millennials, so they're having millennials are having to learn to work with baby <laughs> boomers, <laughs> right? Um, and I, you know, it's just these are different mindsets and and so on. So that could affect the outcome as well, just how they perceive their their work when they see the people who were there before them. Absolutely, and the, the intergenerational one is is a particularly. Uh, interesting area to look at. And one study, and I, I don't know if this is um, definitive, but it showed that if you're a Gen Xer like myself, we actually have the most trouble uh, managing uh, younger people, uh, whereas the boomers are a little bit more comfortable with, with millennials. And it's, it seems to come down to the Gen Xers. We feel like we had to do all this hard stuff um, and, and we're kind of closer to it, and we're like, we want the younger generation to have to kind of go through the same struggle. <laughs> so fair or not, often Gen Xers are, are not good at, at managing millennials. A bit of a generalization, but at least one study does show that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So I'm, I, I believe I'm a baby boomer. You'd be a baby boomer, yeah. baby boomer. I think I'm a Gen Xer. Hmm. I'm just looking to see. Uh, oh, baby he, boomers. He actually has a list. We I do the because list it comes up asks. so often, right? So baby boomers, 1946 to 1964, Gen X, 1965 to 1980, and millennials, 81 to 1996. Yeah, yeah you know I'm what? I'm a I, Gen Xer. I, I can sort of see that. I mean, I can't speak for Gen Xers because I'm not one, but um, 
as a baby boomer, when you're working with young people, they're they're enthusiastic, they've got new ideas, but you've got to be open to to working with the way that they like to work. They, they like it. to work outside of the box. Yeah, and, and a part of this I often wonder is, is this, is this entirely new? I do think generations, each generation has a different uh, nature because we grew up at a different time with different experiences. But I wonder if sort of people uh, in their middle years have always been frustrated with younger people, and as you get older, you're a little bit more tolerant. Like, I wonder, is it really that different than it was before? Whereas, you know, and the nature of work, as you mentioned, Andrew, has also changed. And yeah. A little bit, um, if we were all just uh, doing repetitive work, maybe there's less need to get along and, uh, and manage each other. But now with work these days, it's a little trickier. So. I, I think perhaps their reputation precedes uh. them, and possibly unfairly so when it comes to millennials. It is funny because uh, people my age tend to think that millennials are, are lazy or don't want to work or you know whatever um but studies have disproven that in many different ways that they work just as hard i i a lot of it comes down to their independence as well right because we learn we hear that millennials stay until 29 or 30 at home for example that was a study uh where the baby boomers got out at 18 19 or 20 so we think they're lazy but maybe they're just smarter yeah and it's, <laughs> no, and it's different it's different and you always have to get used to what's different so it's Makes it a bit, uh, bit of a challenge. Yeah. So, so why, why do we give? Why a do hoot? we give a hoot? Why do we give a hoot about this? Well, I think there's a couple reasons. One is that you know we we always want to look at where we've come from so we can kind of get a better sense of where we're going. Mm. And work is such an important part of our lives and our economy. We want to make sure we know as much about it as possible. And I think the second reason is one of the things we're learning is that you know stress is really the, is one of the big things that is is making work life difficult. We've gotten better, you know, um, again, not every workplace is 100% safe. There's still a lot of dangerous jobs. But most people are working in pretty safe environments. So that's a, a positive check. But they might be stressed out, and that can have, you know, almost as bad or even worse effects. So we, we need to look at that, I think, really carefully, and that's what this study highlights. Well, I know I am. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You don't sound stressed out at all. No, I know. I hide it well, but honest to God. Live radio? Man. <laughs> If not for Jayla and I, I swear, I couldn't get through this every day. Absolutely. I only said that because she was glaring at oh, me. Oh, I'm not so glaring at you. I'm just looking at you saying, okay, what's coming out of his mouth next? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's all. Hey, Rob Roach, always great to talk to you. Thanks, Jayla. Thanks, Andrew. Have all a great, right. uh, nice hot week. Thank yeah, you. Week. You too. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, uh, Jayla and I. Andrew Gross. Do you, uh, of course, you remember the story of the uh, couple that were... Uh, trying to use a fake credit card. Uh, was it uh, Spruce Grove uh, Ready Mart where they, they ended up in the ceiling? Oh, and then they fell through the roof? Yeah, yeah. She fell through yeah, the yeah. roof. and Great the, video. Oh, the video was edited so well and it went viral and people put music to it. Uh, well, listen to this. It, it turns out we may be onto uh, some oh, sort of boy. trend here. So this just happened. And we're not talking about the Ready Mart here in Alberta. A guy named James Aubin was arrested for robbing a bank in Dover, New Hampshire, last Thursday. Mm -hmm. So that's not the story. So the story is James Aubin goes in and robs this bank. Police converge on the mall where the bank is. Well, a guy, a 30-year-old guy named Eric Lombari, um, he was in a store. Yep. Uh, and he was about to walk out when he saw all the police converging on the uh, the mall. And it turns out, He's out on bail because he had a drug arrest. And when he saw the police start pouring into the parking lot, he thought they were coming for him. We don't know why he thought that or if he was committing a criminal act of any mm. kind or if he had drugs up. We don't know. 
he just thought they were coming from him. So what he did was he ran to the back of the store, just like the people in here in Alberta. He ran to the back of the store, tried to hide in a back room. Then the police came in the store. But the reason the police came in the store was because they wanted to see if the store uh, could give them the video footage from their outside camera because yeah. it happened to include a view of the bank. So they wanted to get a picture of the bank robber coming out of the bank. Well, when they came in the store, he freaked. So he climbed a ladder uh, into the ceiling to hide. Then he fell through the ceiling and he was dangling right above the deli, they say. <laughs> His legs dangling above the deli. So the police could see his legs hanging, uh, but they couldn't get to him. It was too high, the ceiling. And they were trying to talk him into, well, just come all the way down. Um, no, he crawled himself back up into the oh, ceiling again, um, where, apparently not learning from his mistakes, he went a few more yards and crashed through the ceiling a second time, this time above the refrigerated meat section. So he went from deli to meats. So he's he didn't make a whole lot of progress. Um, they eventually were able to talk him into jumping down. He's now facing charges for criminal mis mischief, trespassing, and resisting arrest because they asked him to come down the first time. What he's not facing is any drug related. There was no other there was charge. Nothing. No. So you just had maybe just had a had a pure guilty, paranoia, guilty conscience. Of I guess. Something. Just boom up into the ceiling. Uh, but yeah, unless of course he left whatever he had up in the ceiling, or mm, who uh. knows, right? But yeah, they didn't charge him with anything related to anything except for crawling up into the ceiling. So I'm starting to question now when you see two stories like that. I just don't think you should be crawling up into the ceiling. I mean, well, not these I mean, hanging look at that. ceilings. Look at this thing. No, I know. Can We'd... you imagine if one of us tried to crawl around up there? Imagine if Stoffer just landed on the board right in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, I wouldn't say a word. I would just, you okay? Get up Royal and go. Royal pizza. <laughs> yeah, what is it? Uh, what is he like? like? Is, is it the Greek Something one? chicken. Tropical Mediterranean chicken. chicken? Is yeah. that his? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Just need cheese and pepperoni on that. If he came up there, if he came flying down, clutching a piece of Mediterranean... And a rock star. Yeah. You know, he'd have, a, he'd have a piece of pizza and a rock star in the other hand. And by rock star, I mean the caffeine drink. Yeah. You just got a royal pizza up at your place, you were just saying. It just opened. How exciting is it that? It is very exciting. Actually, um, Coach drove because Lassard Road has finally opened up all the way after two years of it being shut down. It only took six minutes. Really? Six minutes. I ordered too much pizza. I'll tell you how I know I order too much pizza. Because you eat it four times a week? Yes. That and the fact that I phoned Royal the other day, and I can't remember yeah. which night this was. And I told the kids, like, what do you want? What do you want? Like, because they're closing, yeah. right? And I phoned them, and the lady answered, and she said, um, oh, I'm sorry, we're closed. And I oh. said, oh, okay. And then in the background, I heard the guy go, is that Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> She goes, is this Andrew? I go, yes, it is. He goes, all right. She's like, uh, he'll do one up for you. My first husband ordered so much pizza from Panago. Panago was mm. his. Yeah. Because um, you remember, I worked nights. I wasn't around. So yeah. um, they actually dropped him off Christmas presents. <laughs> really? Yep. Just around Christmas time. It was more <laughs> stuff, bad. whatever. It was Christmas presents. Like good ones? I don't know. I think it was more pizza, more whatever. It was a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff. And I'm like, what is all of this? Oh, they, oh. They, uh, they brought it to me. That's weird. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay. Hi there. What's going on? You fell through a ceiling? No, I didn't, but I, we were wiring a, uh, a cube of, uh, It was uh, one of those food court restaurants in West Edmonton Mall, and I had a brand new apprentice. Okay. And I, it was a drywall ceiling. So I said, so I, so I had him come up and help me up in the ceiling. But you always walk on the main 
the main uh, trusted. Of course. They'll hold you up. Yeah. But but then I said, hey, can you hand me uh, <laughs> hand me those pliers or something? So he just walked like it was on the floor. <laughs> and before I could say, Duh! he went through. <laughs> you can see I've been up. You can see it. You can see that it won't mm-hmm. hold you. Like it's just wires basically hanging no, there. No, on a, on, a, on a drywall ceiling, there is quite strong uh, braces every four feet. Yeah, and on drywall for sure. Walk, yeah. Yeah, you walk on those, but he just walked across like there was there was a floor. <laughs> down a whole sheet of drywall. <laughs> Wow. Thanks for the call, Lindsay. Okay, bye. Take care. And Jed. Hey, how are you? Good. Good. You're talking about pizza, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On another radio station in town. There's more than uh, one? What? They, I know, I know, I know. That is sports competition with Papa John's. <laughs> so anyway, I go eight days in a row, and I don't get defeated. And my little sports buddy says to me, okay, you're done, blah, blah, blah. The next day, I get a call from the radio station. And I get a call from Bell Media, and she says, you won 52 large pieces. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's back in, uh, what was that, October last year? And I think we're down to 40. It's, wow. It's, cra- it's crazy. You mean you have like, 40 left? Yeah. Oh, uh, 52. Are you kidding me? That wouldn't there. last a month. Uh, well, I know. It's, it's crazy. But when you think of it, it's a large pizza. you got to pick it up, and it's just mad. <laughs> yeah. so many pieces. Yeah, it's Anyway. Usually those prizes are like two toppings, too, or something like that, right? Oh, buddy, I can order anything on the menu. Really? Oh. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how pizza's calling. never arrived here, courtesy of Bell Media, I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, I know well, exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, 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 never, uh, you're over my way anyway. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, well, we'll, figure, we'll figure it out once. Have your people call my people. Double cheese and pepperoni, that's all you need on a pizza. That'd be perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah okay, Jalen. How about pineapple? Ooh. Oh, come on. <laughs> Depends. <laughs> On what? I know. I know, I know. Depends on whether okay, it's easy to pick one, it guys. off. <laughs> Bye, Jed. Yeah, see ya. Thanks, Jeff. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.